It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Drop. on six the time friday glad you made it all the way into the weekend now weather not bad out there a bit on the breezy side for some of you today but that forecast as you heard not bad considering the time of year gotta be climate change or something like that okay a lot to cover today including some things unfortunately i hate doing this every single year but i have to bring up a couple of things about daylight saving time and then there's real news too trigger warning Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Let's get the daylight saving time thing out of the way here. So, yeah, we still have to. It's fallback, spring forward fallback. And I did put up a little article, which I'm going to review here. Most cases these days, you don't have to change your clock yourself. Your clock just does it. But there's some clocks out there that you still have to change manually because, well, they're just older devices that we still have around. And I have some stupid advice on how to fix those things. And some of them even fix permanently, just so you know. We'll get into that. But, of course, the big question, and I'm bringing this up only because yesterday it kind of surprised me. A couple of people, while I was on the air, sent me notes off the Wake Up Wyoming app asking Didn't Wyoming repeal daylight saving time? No, we did not. However, we're in with a bunch of other states that are ready to. But it's going to take pulling the trigger on it. And that's what everybody's waiting for, which is stupid because we could have done this a long time ago. But everybody's waiting for all the stars to line up, uh, enough states to get on board, but also legislation that's slowly making its way through Congress And eventually, if all of that ever gets done, then we can just go ahead and repeal it. And it should have been done a long time ago because there's no way this should still be a thing. If you're like most Americans, you've been groggy all day after losing an hour of sleep to daylight saving. And as you struggle to remember how to change the clock on your microwave, you may have wondered, why is this happening? For years, conventional wisdom has been that it benefits one particular group. I know it started because of farmers. I'm almost sure of that. But that's not actually true. It gives them extra time to plant, extra time to harvest. It has nothing to do with farmers. I remember years ago hearing that it was for the farm people. The farm people want nothing to do with this, as they themselves will tell you. I know really no farmer that I'm aware of that benefits from, from you know, actually farm activities and daylight saving time. Of course daylight saving doesn't benefit farmers. Cows don't care what time it is because they're cows, and cows are idiots. So if it's not for them, who is it for? The modern daylight saving was introduced during the First World War as a fuel-saving measure by the Germans. That's right. 
you lost an hour of sleep this morning thanks to Kaiser Wilhelm. And while back then, daylight saving may indeed have saved fuel, in the modern era, energy consumption is a little more complicated. In fact, when Indiana adopted daylight saving in 2006, guess what happened? The data shows that daylight saving actually led to a 1% overall rise in residential electricity. Of course it did. Because switching on a lamp an hour later in the summer doesn't really matter when you're blasting an air conditioner and staying up all night psychotically scrolling through Instagrams of your ex's honeymoon to Morocco. But that's not to say daylight saving doesn't have any effects at all. Studies show there is an increase of car accidents and work-related injuries the week after the time change. That's right. What you lose in sleep, you gain in mortal danger. Despite all this, 70 countries around the world still observe daylight saving. And yet by going by local news reports, none of them could tell you why. From Australia... Well, daylight saving is almost over for another year, and with it comes the usual debate over its merits, or lack thereof. To Italy. It's a pain in the ass, basically. To even the Germans, the people who started this whole mess. The time change for many people is ridiculous. Whether it's an hour ahead or later is complete nonsense. So if it doesn't benefit our energy bill, our health, or our stupid, stupid cows, it has to make you wonder. Daylight saving time. How is this still a thing? So, okay, I.D. John says, I think I've beaten this horse to a skeleton. Ah, I do it once a year. You know, so I, I just once a year I go through this for a bit, waiting for us. Oh, and Jim and Casper, and light out later in the summer. Yeah, well, okay. Now, there's 195 countries on the planet. All right, and only 75 actually follow daylight saving the rest don't just so you know all right in the meantime it causes problems well like anxiety hello you're here early thought i was late check again they call it daylight savings they said it would help the farmers they didn't expect it to destroy everything else it gets dark so early now we gained an hour but we've lost light wait didn't we lose an hour no we we spring forward, fall back. Or is it fall forward? It's too confusing. Don't you see what's happening? All the people are going to have to change their clocks back. We have to warn them. Early bird catches the worm. Tina, you have to come with me. Where are we going? We're going to a place where daylight savings doesn't exist. They call it Arizona. You can't run from this. Don't you see? Daylight savings is just an imaginary construct. It's daylight saving. It's not plural. This is tearing us all apart. Too late. No. Remember, we gained an hour. What time is it? We're running out of time. You want to buy an hour? You're not afraid of the dark, are you? Where, so select the clock. Where's the light? No, select. Hold the button. Okay, menu. okay, okay. Select the clock icon. Uh, where's... Okay. Click the clock icon. Oh, Jesus, you're back at the menu. Okay, so you do have a point, John. He's no, I beat this horse twice a year. That's true. Yeah, but other than that, I really don't. I what really surprised me because I was going to actually not say much about it this year, but again, yesterday, two people while I was on the air didn't Wyoming repeal? No, we didn't. You still have to change your clocks now. Real quick, then we'll get on to the real news here. I did come up with some clever ways of fixing those clocks 
so you never have to change them again. In fact, I should add this to one of the stories. I saw somebody who took their analog clock, you know, the hands on it, right? And they got in there and they wrote in the opposite times depending on what daylight savings time was. So they never have to change their clock. They just look at the other time they wrote on there. That works here. For your uh, DVD player or your microwave or even the clock in your car if you don't know how to change that, get a black piece of electrical tape and put it over that. There, now, now you never have to see those clocks again, and you don't care anymore. You see how easy this works? There, now we've solved the whole problem. Reading Casper, yeah, we do this because of government. Yes, we do. And it amazes me that it's been shown over... Oh, by the way, was it Massachusetts has been discussing changing, like we in Wyoming, you know, going along with the change. But they wanted to do a study first, so they are spending money to do a study to see if they should repeal this. What the hell is there to study? 615. Allegedly. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. More stimulating than that first cup of coffee. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six twenty-two is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Red and Casper also has a great idea for changing your clocks. If you don't change your clocks, eventually they will be correct again. Well, there you go. Just be patient. Yeah, okay. Uh, Harriet Hageman, when it came to the vote to censure Tlaib for anti-Semitic activity, of course, yeah, that's the member of the squad who Rashid Tlaib, who uh, lords the kind of stuff that she said and the lies she's told. I can get into it, but you've heard it all. So there's those in Congress who want to censure her. Okay. Harriet Hageman voted against it. So I thought, oh, okay, well, she votes against it. Let's see why. Now, I have known Harriet for a while, and I find if you ask her why she did or did not do something, there's usually a pretty good explanation. You may or may not agree, but she usually has a pretty good explanation. Anyway, story here at Cowboy State Daily. U.S. Representative Harriet Hageman said she showed her dedication to the First Amendment on Wednesday when she voted against a proposal to censure Democrat Congresswoman Rashid Tlaib. Censuring, this is what she said, censuring Representative Tlaib or any other member who might disagree with would be equal to tyrants infringing upon constitutionally protected rights within our own federal agencies. Disagreeable speech is not the same as unlawful speech. Okay. Um, she said, I read the congressman's words. Uh, Congress shall make no law infringing on, uh, abridging on the freedom of speech. Well, that's what our Constitution says. The answer to despicable speech is more better, better in reason speech, which I agree with. No, I looked at that and I actually thought there are, first off, censure is useless. Censuring in Congress is basically Congress wagging their finger at somebody we strongly disagree with what you did there. That's it. There, there's no monetary problem. They don't fine them anything. Rashid, however, has been taken off a lot of committees. Now, that actually that actually matters because the way to get something done in Congress is not so much to vote, although the vote matters. Really, the way to get something done in Congress is you have to be on a committee especially if you can chair a committee, then you've got some power. The bigger and better the committee, the more power you have. 
So a congressperson who wants to be powerful needs to be the chair of some very important committees. Or they just lack all power. Right now, Tlaib is pretty much on nothing. So she's been stripped of all sorts of power. But wagging their finger at her, we disagree with what you did, is what Congress would be doing with the censure. It does actually nothing. Now, as far as letting her talk, I'm all for that. I Let outrageously stupid people be out as outrageously stupid as they can be because it does come back to bite them. They have to deal with what they said. And there is a possibility, I know about Tlaib because the community she comes from is heavily Muslim. But in many cases, people have a good chance of losing their seats because of the kinds of things they said. It just has to get back to their constituents. But it has happened where members of Congress have lost their seats because people back home found out exactly what they stood for, what they said, what their voting record was. And that. And this is where the opposition has to play that. So when a member of Congress is way out of line, the opposing party needs to take advantage of that. Do you know what your congressman's been up to while you haven't been paying attention? The kind of things your congressperson has said. I am all for letting outrageous people that say the dumbest things talk as much as they want. In fact, one of my favorite moments in radio history, one of my all-time favorite talk show hosts, Neil Bortz. And I remember listening to him one time where a guy called up who was just mad as hell. This caller was just really mad as hell. And he was going to tell everybody what. He was just going to set us all straight. The guy was a complete moron. I mean, beyond an idiot. I mean, this is just the height of stupidity. And so Neil just let him talk. And just encouraged them to keep going. And after a while, as this guy hears himself... He ends up realizing how stupid he sounds until eventually he hung up on himself. Neil didn't do a thing. That was, I think, one of the best, most priceless moments in in radio history. Now, people like Ocasio-Cortez and Tlaib and some other like them, they actually think that they're the smartest person in the room and what they're saying makes so much sense. But again, let them talk. Then, as Hageman says, you defeat them with smarter speech. Now, the trick is, here's the real key, to make sure that that smarter speech actually gets out there, which is the tough part. First off, you got to find people who will speak up, and then you got to make sure that the rebuttal is actually heard. can be a little difficult, not just with today's media, but today's social media, which will try to censure someone who's actually speaking common sense. But can it be done? Yes takes a little work, but we should do it. That's how you fight back against it. So I don't mind at all that Harriet voted against it. And I would argue with her that it's not even just that. Why go ahead and censure someone over their First Amendment rights to be an idiot? They have every right to be an idiot. Let idiots be idiots. It's self-defeating. But also, censure doesn't do anything. Although to pull Tlaib off of many of the... uh, she was on all I don't know if she chaired anything but she was on all sorts of different committees and the last I heard she's pretty much on none so good that's taking her power away is one of the best ways to deal with her now as far as convincing her that she's wrong and she needs to change her mind she's not smart enough to convince 
and I really do mean that exactly as I said it. She is not smart enough to convince otherwise. Greg and Cheyenne, Congress critters get paid extra for being on a committee, so stripping to leave a committee of seats hurts her wallet. Yeah, that's true. But she also has to raise a lot of money to be on committees. Did you know that? Members of Congress have to raise money for their party in order to get on committees in the first place. So she raised all of that money to get on committees, then she was stripped of it. Coming up on 6.30, local news right after local news update on your weather forecast. Let's wake up, Wyoming. If it matters in Wyoming, it matters to wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Call Glenn at 888-97-WOODS and make your voice heard. AM 1030, K2 Radio. Thirty-six at the time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. I, if you noticed that sometimes, well, it's, 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 I'm going to back that up and start again. You notice there are products that you pick up, they have warning labels on them. Now, cigarettes obviously have warning labels. But there's other products as well you pick it up. Warning, use of this product may cause. <clears throat> Some uh, fake climate scientists think that meat should have meat. Like hamburger meat, stuff like that. Should have cigarette-style climate warning labels. Warning eating meat contributes to climate change. They actually want that. UK Independent added a graphic to their story where cigarette-style warnings to meat-based meals had a significant impact on people's decisions, according to them, according to their research. The scientists at Durham University in the UK came up with a novel approach to cutting meat consumption alongside dairy, which they say contributes to one-seventh of global warming. Scientists took about a 1,000 meat-eating adults and split them into four groups. That sounds horrible. Sounds like they just killed them. But all right. The participants were then shown pictures of hot meals tagged with climate, health, pandemic warnings, stuff like that. The participants found the climate labels to be significantly credible. These labels showed uh, fire-charred landscapes. Seriously, the labels showed a landscape where it was burned out. And it read, warning, eating meat contributes to climate change. (laughs) That would make me want to buy the meat even more. But okay. There's someone that I met a while back who, he smokes cigarettes. And I asked him, do the warning labels, do you ever think about them? You know, I'm always asking questions because you put warning labels that's supposed to help out with. And he says, well, he just, and I loved his answer for this. When it comes to cigarettes, he just picks the warning labels that don't apply to him. That way it's okay. So if it says that uh, smoking cigarettes can cause harm to your uh, unborn child, you know, for example, to a fetus, he doesn't have to worry about that because he's a guy he can't get pregnant. So he'll smoke that pack. But if the warning label is something that applies to him, then he won't smoke that. He'll look for a pack with a label that doesn't apply to him. So, quote, as warning labels have already been shown to reduce smoking, it says, as well as drinking sugary drinks and alcohol, using warning label on meat consumption could help achieve this national policy, they said. 
dream on. All right, so flashback. Former U.N. climate chief said meat eaters should be banished, uh, treated the same way that smokers are treated. How about restaurants in 10 to 15 years start treating uh, carnivores the same way they treat smokers? The figures suggested that uh, during recent uh, conferences, when he suggested this, if they want to eat meat, you can do it outside of the restaurant. What do you want to bet that that same guy that I just mentioned, this is the former U.N. chief, what do you want to bet he's a meat eater? Yeah. Well, he showed up for the meeting flowing, flying into town on a corporate jet and then took a big vehicle, gas guzzler, to the meeting. And they probably served steak while he was there. One bio professor uh, seeks to make, he quote, seeks to make ourselves allergic to those proteins. Oh, yeah, this was the guy who wanted to put something in our water or whatever to make us allergic to meat. In order to tackle climate change, humans should be genetically modified to be intolerant to meat. If we eat less meat, we could significantly reduce our greenhouse gas emissions. Not if you're eating vegetables that make you fart more, but okay. Now, some people would be willing to eat less meat, but they lack the willpower, he said. Human engineering could help that. We could artificially induce meat intolerance, he said. Okay. Do I like the idea of the meat warning labels? Caution. Eating this could cause climate change. Well, again, dream on, guys, if that's what you want to do. That would just make me want to eat it even more, just despite you guys. By the way, it's still, when you go, next time you go to the grocery store, if you think about it, go to the grocery store. Try to find the aisle that has the fake meat. It's there. It's there. It's usually in the frozen food section that I found anyway, but an area where you can buy the fake meat products. I know we're in Wyoming, so we're going to have less of that. But you can still go, if you're in a big city somewhere, go to one of those grocery stores, especially a liberal city, and try to find the vegan food section. Even in a big liberal city, look for the vegan food section and the meatless fake meat section. They do exist. They're hard to find. It's not taking over like they told us it would. 6.42, wake up on. News and weather together at the top and bottom of every hour. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six forty-eight is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino is waiting by. So, Frank, uh, you ever take a look at the best eat before dates on something? Oh, this. Is it the survey thing that went no, viral? No, 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 no. Uh, when you are looking at a package in your... Oh, 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 okay. Best eaten <laughs> before this date. No. Oh, okay. Because usually when I buy food, it's gone before I ever get near that date. I thought you were talking about taking dates out for dinner. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, so this one is a... Just because it says it's best to eat by a certain date doesn't mean that it's bad after that date. Yes, okay. and beer is a shining example. I right. think they have put an expiration date, but I think it's probably good for two or three months after I, that. It certainly is, yeah, but that's just the best before date. 
it goes downhill, but it's certainly still edible. Yes. Some of these things are actually surprising, like uh, most canned goods are good two to three years after the date. Okay, I need to look. Because yeah. I, may, I may have some stuff that's way, way yeah, past okay. three years. Uh, spaghetti sauce, 18 months. Cereal tends to be one year after Best Buy date. I need to look at that, too. Yeah. Uh, dry pasta, two to three years. Coffee, one to two years. Popcorn, one year after date. Peanut Be- butter before is... Before it's popped. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, peanut butter is best about 18 months after. After the expiration yeah. date, okay. Spice, now, this is something... I I know people who have spices in their kitchen that are many, many, many years old. Oh. Yeah, okay. Spices about two to four years after the date are okay, <laughs> but then get rid of them. If you remember what you have and where yes, they are. really. Uh, cookies, usually about four months after the Best Buy date. And carbonated beverage, three to nine months after the Best Buy date. So, no, if you consume it after the Best Buy or the Best you know, Consume Buy date, you're not going to die. No, and sometimes, you know, like with be- you know uh, beverages, yeah. they sell those at a discount after the expiration sure. date. Yeah. They're and, still getting money yeah. on it, and, and they're still good. Now, I know someone who is a – family business used to be a butcher shop. So he's no longer a butcher, but he was for like 20 years. And he'll go to the grocery store and come back with all sorts of meat that they put on sale. Most people will pass by what's past the date. Yeah, but it's still really good meat. It's perfectly fine to consume it. And he knows because he was a butcher. Mm -hmm. He takes such advantage of those prices. There you go. In college football tonight, the Wyoming Cowboys will host Colorado State in the 115th edition of the Board of Wars. A huge rivalry game. Emotions run high. And that bronze boot is an important piece of hardware for both teams. Cowboys are trying to move on from that dreadful performance in their loss to Boise State last week. So they're 5-3 and three overall, 2-2 two and two in Mountain West Conference play. CSU is 1-3 and three in league play and 3-5 and five overall and lost to Air Force their last time out. Pokes are favored by 6 points in the game. That is a 6 p.m. kick from War Memorial Stadium tonight. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB in Laramie. State High School football playoffs roll along today and tonight in 4A. Sheridan will host Thunder Basin at 6 p.m. Cheyenne East will host Natrona tomorrow at 1 p.m. In 3A, Evanston will be at Cody tonight at 7. Buffalo will be at Star Valley at 5. In 2A, Bighorn will host Lyman today at noon. Torrington will be at Mountain View at 1 p.m. today. Over in 1A, 9 man. Southeast will be at Wind River this afternoon while Lingle Fort Laramie will host Big Piney tomorrow at 1. Finally, in 1A, Six-man Little Snake River will host Dubois today at 2 p.m. And Campman will travel to Burlington today at 2 p.m. The state championship games and football for next Friday and Saturday at War Memorial Stadium in Laramie. State High School Volleyball Tournament rolls along today at the Ford Center in Casper with consolation round play and semifinal round play. In 4-8, Laramie and Kelly Walsh made the semifinals with wins yesterday. KW outlasted Campbell County in a great match. And then Laramie defeated Star Valley. Cheyenne East did lose to Cody, so the T-Birds will be in a loser off Mats versus Star Valley at 2.30 this afternoon. In the 4A semifinals, Kelly Walsh will meet Thunder Basin at 4.30 while Laramie takes on Cody at 6. And both of those matches could be super entertaining. In the 3A semifinals, it's Buffalo versus Mountain View at 4.30. Douglas will play Paul at 6. In 2A, Pine Bluffs, a 4-seed beat Grable, a 1-seed in the quarterfinals. So Pine Bluffs will play defending champion Burns in the semifinals at 6 p.m. Bighorn and Tongue River will be the other 2A semifinal at 4.30. In 1A, Little Snake River plays Upton in one semifinal 
semifinal at 4.30 with Cokeville meeting Southeast at 6. The championship matches for the State High School Volleyball Tournament will be at 4.30 tomorrow at the Ford Center. Junior College Volleyball, Casper College stayed alive in the Region 9 Tournament in Sterling, Colorado with a three sets and none win over McCook, Nebraska. They'll meet LCCC from Cheyenne today in a loser out game. Uh, L Trip lost to NJC yesterday in three sets in a winner's bracket matchup. And the State High School Girls Swimming Meet moves along today in Gillette. 3A finals today, the four as well as the 4A prelims and 4A finals tomorrow. Larrabee is looking for their seventh consecutive state title in 4A and Lander is the defending champion in 3A. I know a lot of people that are going to the game this weekend, a lot. And the weather should be relatively decent. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. It's 745. I'll talk to Don Day about that. because yes, you need to find that out, yes. Yeah. I mean, the game day forecast trumps everything else as far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Even, oh, yeah. even though I, I, I'm not going, but I just, I know But, but other people cares. are going. Everybody else cares. So, yeah. all right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business. We're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It is a Friday, and I'm glad you made it. Okay, it is open phones all the way, too. By the way, most hosts only do open phones on Fridays. I do them every day of the week. But Friday, it's the entire program. Unless at some point we have a guest, and I'm double-checking here. Don't think I do at any point. So at any, at any time... You want to interrupt me, change the subject? No, I don't. Just double-checking. Uh, you want to interrupt me, change the subject? All fine with me. 888 woods the phone number. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, your favorite song. Well, I like guns. I like the way they look. I like the shiny steel and the polished wood. I don't care if they're big or small. Therefore, say, well, I want them all. I like guns. I like guns. A Florida company is giving away an AR-15 with a Thanksgiving turkey to new roof purchases. Yeah, Florida Roof Easy is the name of the company. Now, what gets me is I'm looking at their ad that they took out. And there's a couple of things that are blurred out, but not blurred out enough that you can't tell what it is. It's pathetically blurred out. So it says... Free AR-15, and the words or letters, numbers AR-15 are blurred, but I can still obviously tell what it is. Then there's a picture of the gun, and the gun is blurred, but it's obvious what the gun is. So whoever blurred that did a really pathetic job. Anyway, it's going on for the month of November. So NBC2 quoted, Rufy Z president. The turkey will get you all all sitting at the table, and you can spend time together. The roof will protect your home. The AR-15 will protect everybody under the roof. Oh, okay. Uh, well, look, they're trying to do anything to get business. There's an, the idea the, the, for this, he says, special advertisement, was, well, the same thing happened in Alabama, he said. I figured we're in Florida. Let's do it. He added, everybody needs an AR-15. 
the world's a crazy place right now. And they can get a roof and an AR-15 to protect both ends. Why not? He also stressed the importance of gun safety and so on as he talked about this. So, okay, now, I've often noticed here in Wyoming whenever there's, well, not every time, but in many cases, when there's some charitable event going on, they're raising money for whatever cause. Usually there's an auction, a silent auction, very typical for fundraising events here in Wyoming. And very typical also, and we're going to have a gun that you can go ahead and either buy raffle tickets for or there'll be an auction or a sign auction. Some way, in many cases, when I show up to charitable events, and I do that a lot when you consider my job, I'm at a lot of them, usually someone walks in with a gun. Now, it's not always an AR-15 or there's many guns that look like an AR-15, but they're not. There's something else. I've seen shotguns and pistols and you name it. Makes you salivate, doesn't it? All sorts of, uh, depends on what you're wanting one for. It's a tool. Gun's a tool. What's the mission? Whether you wanted a pistol or a shotgun or something else here. Usually that's the case. So this makes news. I popped, I found this because it made some national news. This guy's actually giving away a gun with, yeah. Look, that may be shocking in some states, but in other states, Wyoming, Florida, Alabama, Texas, it's actually very typical for something like that to happen. So in other words, not shocking. What's surprising to me is that it does make news at all. That's why I pulled it up. I thought, really? Someone's acting like this is news? Well, I guess they're not from those states because anywhere else it's not news. All right, now. Another story. Hobbyists are pushing back against 3D printer crackdowns. As some lawmakers, the story says, look for ways to reduce gun violence. See, that's they, their mistake is always that. They're trying to reduce gun violence. Try to reduce violence instead. Doesn't matter what tool they use. But anyway, they've shifted their sites to 3D printers. Introducing, in at least some cases, passing laws that would restrict the sale of 3D printers... Because they're worried about people printing parts of guns, ghost guns perhaps, homemade firearms, no serial numbers. This is one of those things where they can go ahead and try to pass laws to stop people from making a gun with a 3D printer. But really there's nothing they can do to stop it. All they can do is if you're found with something like that, there's consequences. But there's no way to stop someone from doing it. If they want to, they will. Now, a bill introduced in New York State Assembly aims to stop the spread of ghost guns by making it necessary for anyone buying a 3D printer to undergo a criminal background check. Let me do that again. So someone has introduced legislation in New York State. If you're buying a 3D printer, you have to undergo, undergo a background check, which could take as long as 15 days. Opponents argue the proposal would not effectively prevent ghost guns. Also, here's what would happen. Honestly, if they pass that law in New York and someone wants to buy a 3D printer, they'll simply go out of state, cross the line, cross the border, buy a 3D printer there and bring it back, and who's going to know? Yeah, so you can just forget the whole background check thing. They'll just go around it. So, quote, I don't see how it would reduce gun, ghost guns at all, said uh, a guy named called Uncle Jesse Parker, popular YouTube page, talking about 3D guns in an interview. 
He says there's already a large number of printers in New York State. Some are even available there in the library. Now, you don't necessarily print the whole gun. And 3D printed guns have a long way to go. In most cases, they're good for one or two shots, and that's about it. But they're getting there. Now, there's also 3D printers that print with metal. In most cases, though, people are printing parts of guns. So, you know, for example, we have a ban on bump stocks. Well, people will just print bump stocks. Whatever else they might have banned, whatever piece of the gun might have been banned, you can't buy that in the store anymore. Fine, I'll print it. And the idea that we can stop it now or pass them, you have to get a background check in order to, well, there's so many printers out there right now. Uh, You know, seriously, there's so many, right now, there's so many printers out there. There's no way to stop it. He's absolutely right. Uh, quote, three-dimensional printed guns are showing up more uh, prevalent each year. There were 100 taken off the streets of New York in 2019. That number skyrocketed, skyrocketed, 637 in 2022. Currently, ghost gun shootings have risen 1,000% over the nation. New York Police Department has experienced a 60% rise in confiscated ghost guns in the streets in two consecutive years. So for those people who say they want to go ahead and do something about it, well, okay, you can go ahead and try. I'm just saying there's no way you can. You know, this is one of those cases where you honestly need to think different. Like like trying to stop. Let's go to Chicago real quick where gang violence, dear Lord, they've always had a gang problem. Gangs used to look different, used to be more mafioso stuff. But now, you know, the current gangs they have today, how do you stop this? We'll ban the guns. That's not going to stop it because the gun is not the problem. What you have is a cultural problem. You got to get so people don't want to kill each other. Morning, shy guy, shy guys in Cheyenne. I think it shouldn't be shocking. That's what's wrong with this country. I agree with you. It shouldn't be shocking at all. Also, first, since I mentioned Chicago, first gun registry hearing raises more questions for Illinois gun owners. Story says gun owners have more questions about the state's gun ban and registry. After the first public hearing, Illinois State backed, uh, well, the Illinois State Police had a meeting to get feedback on the rules. As part of the law banning more than 170 semi-automatic firearms, Enacted January 10th, Illinois, those who previously owned the guns now must register them. Of the 2.4 million firearm owner ID card holders in the state, 2,400 have registered the first of the month. At least, so of course, how many people are actually going to register, do you think? As whether the banned firearms are common use, they're not that common. And and by the way, a lot of the things that were on the ban in Illinois, which will be challenged in court, I think found unconstitutional, but we'll see. But uh, a lot of the guns that were banned are not the guns that are most commonly used in shootings in Illinois or especially in Chicago. So they're not banning the guns that tend to be used. That's a lot like, well, we got to ban the AR-15 and weapons that are are like that in style. Yeah, but those are not the guns that are most commonly used in shootings. So what are you really trying to do here? You want, well, there's what the perception is and there's what's really going on. All right. I do think that what's happening in Illinois is 
I'm not going to stand up in court, but again, wait and see. 7.16, the time, wake up. Take Glenn anywhere with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. It's about to go on to something else, but hang on, i got to take a look at this. Uh, one of the worst online media organizations for doing studies is Wallet Hub. They absolutely just suck. They're horrible. I just came across them since I was talking about guns. In the wake of increasing crime rates and severe weather incidents, uh, Americans have been on the lookout for the safest havens in the country. Wallet Hub's latest study reveals which states are the safest for residents taking a comprehensive look at various factors that contribute to overall safety. The 2023 report places Vermont at the pentacle of safety. Mm-hmm. Okay. And of course, when it says severe weather, stuff like that, severe weather is not on the increase. Okay. I know my hometown, as you know, by a year ago, my hometown of Sanibel was just nailed head on by Hurricane Ian. Which is typical for Florida anyway, because it's Florida. It's it's a peninsula that sits right in the middle of a hurricane zone. What do you expect? We're not having more hurricanes. I know. I grew up there. But anyway, Green Mountain State, Vermont, emerged as the safest total with a 68.2 out of 100. Nearby, look at first place, work safety, ninth emergency preparedness. Maine and New Hampshire were not far behind, boosting excellent scores. In safety perspective. On the flip side, Louisiana finds itself at the bottom of the list, the position shared by Mississippi, Arkansas. Okay, so a snapshot of the top 10 safest. You're gonna, you'll find this, again, it's Wallet Hub, so I don't really buy into what they're saying, but all right, let's take a look at this. The states include top 10 safest Vermont, Maine, New Hampshire. Utah, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Hawaii, Minnesota, Rhode Island, and Wyoming were at the bottom of the top ten. Okay. Um, let's see. Best places to live, top five cities according to Travel Expert, and then it goes on to talk a little bit more about. But, okay, so Wyoming lists in the top ten according to Wallet Hub safest. Well, now, see, now this can't be true according to some people. Okay, hang on. I'll tell you why it can't be true. We can't be in the top ten. No. We have more guns per capita than any other state. There's absolutely no way we can be the safest state. With so many people armed and so much ammunition, how could we possibly be the safe? Unless the guns are the reason that we're the safest state, just saying. But it's a wallet hub study. So even though I like the fact that Wyoming made the top ten, I don't trust it because it's a wallet hub study and they screw everything up. So, all right. Well, a lot of people who are writing stories for the Internet like to use wallet hub because they're looking for daily content. Their job is to produce daily content for the Internet. That's how they get paid. And wallet hub does a study, which is always just a lame study. And so people will grab it, copy and paste it, add a few of their own words to make it look like their own story. But that's it. It's an easy way to drop something. I, I produced some content today. Yeah, I found a Wallet Hub study. And 
but it actually is, again, it's garbage. I, and I've picked on Wallet Hub for years. All right, now, next story up. Oh, Kevin. Morning, Kevin. Kevin's in Wheatland. I am eager for the end of daylight saving time so that your transmitter will go back to full power while I'm on my way to work. Right now, I have to use my phone to listen online. Uh, Kevin, which station are you listening to? Because, let me see, there's KGAB in Cheyenne, and I know they have to go down to low power. And I also know uh, we're on K2 Radio in Casper, but now the K2 radio signal doesn't so much power down as it goes more directional. The K2 radio signal actually covers a good part of the country, but I have to check to see what their con- nighttime configuration goes. An AM radio signal, they can warp it to whatever they want. So try K2 radio to see if you can pick it up there. Okay, But now the reason that they do that, so in case you didn't know, Kevin, if you might know, but other people may not. So an AM radio signal is as close as you can get to a shortwave radio signal. It pretty much is, almost. So at night, when the, when the sun is not beating down on the planet, an AM radio signal will just expand out because the radiation from the sun is not pushing it down. So the signal will go continent-wide. It'll, it'll just spread out and cover the whole continent. Canada will hear us. Down into South America, they'll hear us. So to protect other radio stations that are on the same frequency, AM stations have to tone it down at night, turn down their power at night. And then during the day, they can turn it back up again because they won't go as far. There are some stations out there that are called clear channel stations, and those stations don't have anyone else on that frequency, so they're allowed just to let the signal spread. K2 radio up in Casper is partly clear channel. It can go, it mostly goes west, go all the way to the west coast at night. And I know it goes north and south a lot. But now KGAB, uh, which is in Cheyenne, that signal has to be toned down quite a bit to protect other radio stations that are on the same frequency. So there's why. Morning, Scott. Scott's and Casper. I think the safety rating we got was because fuzzy cows and bears. Oh, really? Wait, that's a good point. Hang on a second. Let's got, let, let, let me turn that around a little bit. We are supposed to be one of the safest states. How is that possible when we have so many guns and so much ammunition, plus we have fluffy cows and grizzly bears? And yet we're supposed to be one of the safest states out here, according to Wallet Up. All right. That's a Wallet Hub survey for you. All right, we're coming up on some local news, right after local news, update on the weather forecast. Then you and I get back into it again. Dawn Day's on at 745. So the weekend weather forecast is actually looking pretty nice when you consider November anyway. Which means those people who wanted to go down to the UW game to make sure that we keep the boot ought to have a pretty good time this weekend. But Dawn Day will explain all of that. If you're listening in the northwestern part of the state, different story for you guys. Don Day will explain. It's open phones all the way, by the way. 888 woods the phone number 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Wake up, Wyoming. Cry. 
Got something to say? Call 888-97-WOODS or chat with Glenn on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app from K2 Radio. Seven thirty-six. The time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Let me see. Greg and Cheyenne. Wallet Hub also factors in number of law enforcement officers per capita. So with the state, county, and local cops plus all of the federal officers. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. They, they have a lot of weird metrics. Wait. For those just joining us, Wyoming's supposed to be the 10 safest states, but I was having fun thinking of reasons why we would not be. Kevin and Wheatland, KGAB, the Casper station doesn't come in here at all. You'll notice the four-minute delay. But what about K2 Radio, KTOW, KTOW, that's up in uh, Casper, Wyoming. That should come in for you even at uh, even when it's dark out there because this, state, this show's on multiple stations. Now, in the meantime, let's see... Um, Eli, Brody, and Jake, who are listening in the Casper area, if you will now spend the next few minutes riding with your dad, uh, repeating to him the worst dad jokes he's ever ter- ever told you, just to show how annoying he's been. And I know, Eli, Brody, and Jake, you have heard some really bad dad jokes. Let me give you an example. Every year, kids all over the world suffer from debilitating dad jokes. I walked into the kitchen yesterday and I said to my dad, hey, I'm hungry. And my dad said, hi, hungry, I'm dad. He'll never see his father the same way again. He's a dad joke survivor. Well, we were having dinner and dad spilled his peas on the table. He looked right at me and said, oh no. I have just peed on the table. Can she take her father out in public ever again? She's afraid to. The consequences can be devastating. Dad asked me, have you heard about the new movie, Constipation? I was all like, what? No. And he said, it never came out. Isaac now hates the film industry. Would even go to a movie. My dad and I were going past the aquarium. He said to me, how many tickles does it take to make an octopus laugh? And he said, ten tickles. But what? Oh, tentacles. Aubrey now hates aquariums. Hey, Dad, can you make me a sandwich? And what did Dad say? Abracadabra, you are a sandwich. Unfortunately, many of these children will grow up to have kids of their own, and they will end up telling their kids the same jokes. So, you see, uh, Miss Mary actually hates this bit, because, Mary, do you actually like dad jokes? I just, oh, you know, what gets me is I've almost told a few dad jokes a few times. Then I realized that was only because I had reached a certain age. So while Sharon is in Lovell, Colorado, thanks for explaining AM radio signals at night. Back in the 80s, one thing I do as I drove through Nebraska back to college at night, I scam AM radio to see the further station I could. Yeah, in fact, I used to do that, too. I wonder if they're still on. They might still. I have to look it up. I think they're still on there. There is a truckers network. Now, you truckers would know this. There is a truckers radio network. 
and I believe the show is out of Louisville, Kentucky, but you truckers, correct me if I'm wrong, because that's kind of center-ish of the country, right? And the AM signal is on a clear channel. And so at night, they do a trucker's coast-to-coast radio show. There's a lot of music in there, but there's also trucker's news, including not just news about the industry, but trucker's road conditions for the whole country, where construction is, where snow is, you know, things like this for the whole country. I always thought that was interesting to listen to at night. But, yeah, there's a AM. If you like tuning around at night, if you're awake and you can't sleep a little bit, Grab your AM radio dial, and especially if, if you have an old radio where you can slowly turn. Because the newer radios will lock on to a signal. They'll find the strongest signal and lock on and skip a lot. But if you're willing to listen, you can scan around and catch some really good uh, AM radio stations out there. They'll be a little bit scratchy. Uh, Prince and Casper K2 AM 1030 travels to Lusk, Wyoming from Casper every day with me. Often the only radio out in the van, uh, Tassel or JM. Okay, yeah. Now, I I do know, again, that signal is a strong signal. They do protect the East Coast a little bit with K2 Radio 1030 AM. But on the West side, wow. Um, Miss Mary, tell me you don't laugh at those jokes. Mary, I honestly don't. I groan. You can't joke about anything these days. Humor is <laughs> I just have never liked corny dad jokes. But what I do like is when a kid, when a dad tells a dad joke and the kid just throws his hands up in the air and goes, oh, God. Now, that's funny. That's the part that I like. 742, Wake Up Wyoming. Now, Glenn Woods fits in your pocket with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. 745 is the time. Wake up Wyoming off. We go to talk to Don Day with Day Weather. So, so far, Don, it seems like we've just continued into nice weather. A bit breezy yesterday, but you know it didn't suck out there. It wasn't bad. No, we're, we're breathing Pacific air, and so that's okay. going to mean warmer temperatures and, uh, and this mild, occasionally windy pattern is going to be with us all the way through the weekend. Yeah. I mean, occasionally we're, we're going to have little disturbances come through that might occasionally produce a couple of showers. We did see that overnight early this morning, but as we've been talking, it's the far northern, northwest part of the state that's going to have uh, weather over the course of the next several days. Very little going on in the central, south, and east. Okay, see, that's important because I keep getting people asking about the weather forecast for this big game that we have in Laramie. Well, it looks good. I mean, you look at a game, a night game in November in Laramie. Yeah. You, you, boy, you could get anything, but uh, it is going to be dry. It's going to be a bit windy, but kickoff temperatures are going to probably be right around 50 or so and probably for most of the game in the 40s. And that's about as good as you're going to get at this time of year. Okay, that's just absolutely beautiful. Now, next week, though, a bit of a change-up. But again, I don't see anything horrific. Not big, but we will cool off. Uh, starting Tuesday and especially Wednesday, we'll have a Pacific front be able to go further south and east than the ones this weekend. So midweek, do expect some rain and snow showers, colder weather, but nothing significant. Okay. So as as this stuff starts to churn, because I notice in your Cowboy Say Daily podcast on YouTube, there's a lot of little, little now, low-pressure systems starting to swirl around the North Pole up there. At some point, do they start cutting loose? 
Well, I, I do think we need to look at the middle to the end of the month. Okay. Uh, I, I do see the weather pattern starting with the front next week getting a bit more busy. So uh, we're, we've got plenty of winter, I think, potentially coming this month. Uh, yeah. But at least for the next four to five days, we'll hold it off. Yeah, okay. But again, you're not looking at anything big. See, we're still just sort of easing into this, aren't we? Yeah, but the thing is, I'm not going to tell you anything big two weeks out. That, that's know? true. No, but I, I'm telling you the potential for, for colder, wintry weather the second half of the month is certainly there. All right. Thank you, Don. Don Day with Day Weather. Well, sorry, see, that's what you guys wanted to hear when it comes to the game this weekend is we got some really nice weather. How about that, Frank? That's just can't get any better. Trust me. I've been to Wyoming CSU games. Yeah. One I remember in Fort Collins, it was so cold. Yeah. And, the, and this is with the old CSU stadium, and the wind was coming through the tunnel, uh-huh. you know, that goes from the outside to the field. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this this has got to end. So where do you think they do all the the interviews after the game? In the tunnel. In, in the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> so you're freezing cold for the game, and then you're freezing over all these, like, oh. Oh, jeez. And cool. Wyoming won the game. That was the best one. Okay, now the tailgating, of course, that's also important. Oh, no, no. I didn't they, even tailgate when this happened. I, I, I think they'll start here about noon. Okay. It ought to be, except occasionally breezy. You might get that's a little fine. something fast, but they'll be absolutely fine with that. Okay, so... Yesterday, I told you about the guy who habitually will like to get drunk and then go out there poaching. Yes, and that's in Wyoming. Yes. And, and he passed out with a big, big buck in the back of his flatbed truck and was caught by police. Okay, here's from Cowboy State Daily. Don't try telling a Wyoming game warden that your salt lick is bear bait. Say that again now? Yeah, okay. So an Oregon man ended up shelling out thousands of dollars in fines because there was a salt lick up there, and you're not supposed to bait the The bears. Yeah, but he says, no, it wasn't there for the deer. It was for bear. I... That, okay. Who's he, who's he baiting? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess he was trying to bait the uh, game warden because <laughs> <laughs> it really... <laughs> Here, have some of this. Yeah, that just really doesn't work. I do like the sign that I saw a while ago that the salt lick there was for all sorts of other animals, not for deer. So if a deer shows up and starts to take advantage of the salt lick, it'll be shot on sight. Right. Yeah, so that's what you tell the officers. I did not put that up for the deer, but they keep getting in the way, and I've had enough. So if I see a deer on the salt lake, I'm just going to go ahead and shoot it. Yeah, you need to harvest that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But now there's rules for this. I Wyoming has been very generous, even though we've had a bit of a, a hit because of you know some harsh winters and so on, about making sure people get good tags and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So it always gets me the people who sneak off and try to do it, and then... When they're caught, this is the part that I like, the excuses they make and how they try to talk themselves out of a ticket after they were busted with a dead animal in the back of their truck. Yeah, explain this. Well, officer, I yes. found it on the road. I hit him. And he I hit him, yeah, over, and then, 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 he, then he, I picked flipped, him up and put it in the truck. Yeah, or he flipped right over the hood and landed in the bed of the truck. It was the damnedest thing. Somebody's going to use that prank. Yeah, and, yeah. and, 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 the, and the game warden goes, and, and this bullet hole comes from where? Uh, well, no, no, bullet, no, that was gravel, you know. Gra- gravel, we kicked yeah. up gravel, it went right through the damn thing. I yeah, mean, yeah. 
All right, the state high school football playoffs roll along today and tonight. In 4A, Sheridan will host Thunder Basin at 6 p.m. Cheyenne East will host Natrona at 1 p.m. tomorrow. In 3A, Evanston will be in Cody tonight at 7 p.m. Buffalo will be in Afton to take on Star Valley at 5 p.m. In 2A, Bighorn will host Lyman at noon today. Torrington will be at Mountain View at 1. Over in 1A, 9-man Southeast will be at Wind River in Pavilion this afternoon, while Lingle Fort Laramie will host Big Piney tomorrow at 1. Finally, in 1A, 6-man Little Snake River will host Dubois at 2 p.m today and Campman will travel to Burlington today at 2. The state championship games will be next Friday and Saturday at War Memorial Stadium in Laramie. College football tonight. The Wyoming Cowboys will be at War Memorial Stadium hosting Colorado State in the 115th edition of the Border War. Huge, huge, huge rivalry game. Emotions run high so it could be chippy sometimes and that bronze boot is an important piece of hardware for both teams and Wyoming has possession of it after beating CSU in Fort Collins last year 14-13. to Cowboys are trying to move on from that dreadful performance in last week's loss to Boise State. They're 5-3 and three overall, 2-2 two and two in Mountain West Conference play. CSU is 1-3 and three in league play and 3-5 and five overall, and they lost to the Air Force Academy last week. The Cowboys are six-point favorites in the game. It is a 6 p.m. kickoff tonight from War Memorial Stadium. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KOWB in Laramie. State High School Volleyball Tournament continues today at the Ford Center in Casper with Constellation round play and then semifinal round play. In 4-8, Laramie and Kelly Walls both made the semifinals with wins yesterday. KW outlasted Campbell County. It's a pretty good match. And then Laramie defeated Star Valley. Cheyenne East lost to Cody, so the T-Birds will be in the loser-out match versus Star Valley at 2.30 this afternoon. In the 4A semifinals, Kelly Walsh will meet Thunder Basin at 4.30, while Laramie will take on Cody at 6, and both of those matches could be super entertaining. In the 3A semifinals, it's Buffalo versus Mountain View at 4.30. Douglas will play Paul at 6. In 2A, Pine Bluffs a 4C beat Grable a 1 seed in the quarterfinals. So Pine Bluffs will play defending champion Burns in the semifinals at 6 p.m. Rivals Bighorn and Tongue River will be in the other 2A semifinal at 4.30. 1A, 6A, 1A, Little Snake River plays Upton in one semifinal at 4.30. Cokeville meeting Southeast in the other at 6. The championship matches of the State High School Volleyball Tournament will be at 4.30 tomorrow at the Ford Center. Juco Volleyball, Casper College stayed alive in the Region 9 Tournament in Sterling College. Colorado with a three sets to none win over McCook. Nebraska will meet LCCC from Cheyenne today at noon in a loser out match. LCCC lost to NJC yesterday three sets to none over in the winner's bracket. The State High School girls swimming meet moves along today in Slut. The 4A finals will be today in the 3A prelims then the 3A finals tomorrow and 4A Larry looking for their seventh consecutive state title and Lander is the defending champion in 3A. So after UW wins this game and they will <clears throat> then What's next for them? Well, they, they'll be bowl eligible. That's it. Okay. So, 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 so at least they got that part figured out. Yeah. And then try to play the rest of your schedule as hard as you can and see if you can get into a bowl, a that, pays, bowl. Like, a bowl that pays just a little bit more, yeah, or a little okay. bit more yeah. exposure. But you, you never know, really. Yeah. Right. That's the way That's the way that goes. Okay. But you think they got this? I think. That, you know what? I said that last week, yeah. too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Take that for what's worth. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business. And we're going to roll into news time. National local update on the weather forecast. Don't forget, we got open phones going on. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Dry.
8.06 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It is a Friday, and I'm glad you made it on through. I got a few side conversations, which you guys might be interested in, and I'm going to pick up on just before I get into the real news that I set aside. But, of course, as you know, it's the most dangerous time in radio history. Every day at about this time. Fridays is the entire program. But, you know, of course, when we do the open phone sing... Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. 97 Woods, the phone number, that's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. So see, I have to look up here. Mud. Okay, so um, Mike from Leeds, South Dakota, said that uh, one of the stations that carries this program is heard loud and clear in Mud Butte, South Dakota. Where the heck is Mud, Mud Butte, South Dakota? Okay. Somebody say, oh, wow, that's kind of way out there, isn't it? Okay. Well, it's, it's, the show's on multiple radio stations here. Mud Butte, I'll try to give you an idea. Picture, let's say, Belfouche. Okay. Now, from Belfouche, head a little northeast. Wow, that's pretty, that's pretty good. That's way that guy. AM signals do the strangest things. They really do. And I bet you from there you can get maybe K2 radio as well, KTOW. But you said KGAB is way up there. AM signals do the strangest things. But, okay, way up there. I've never heard of Mud Butte before. So you're talking, let's say, Sturgis, South Dakota. Go nor mostly north, a little bit east. Quite a bit. And then you'll find Mud Butte way up there. Okay, didn't know that. Also, Kevin from Wheatland. Kevin, I'm going to pick up on what you just said. Kevin's in Wheatland. He said, by the way, I just forwarded your article about medicine bow to a Wyoming friend of mine who happens to be a police officer in medicine bow. Now, the last article that I wrote on medicine bow was talking about how the town at one time was the most dangerous town in Wyoming before actually Wyoming was a state. Here's why. If you don't know where Medicine Bow is, picture, do you know where Laramie is, let's say? Okay, so from Laramie, you just take the highway that goes north of Laramie, and it arcs on over toward the west, and eventually you wind up in Medicine Bow. Now, a lot happened in that area. Where Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid blew up a train trying to get at the money, and they burnt the money. That area. Where a couple of paleontologists were in a war... Pretty nasty one, too, over dinosaur bones, that area. Those dinosaur bones, a bunch of them were made into a building. So there's actually a building out there that's made of dinosaur bones, right? Medicine Bow, before Wyoming was a state, came to be. It's this little town, never was very big, never was. Because the railroad, back then they had what they called dump water towns. And that's where the train runs out of water because it's a steam engine, and they've got to stop and refill it. And so that's where they would have a water tower, and they would dump the water into it. So that was the phrase, dump water town. 
but also there's coal in that area. So coal was used to, uh, of course, you got to get more fuel. So they had water, they had coal, right? So that stopped the train in the area. Now, that means railroad workers were there. But at the time, we're not even a state. And so there's still some tribal people in the area that don't want us, don't want white people there. So that was a problem. So they had to bring in cavalry. All right. So now you got a lot of railroad workers, cavalry, and miners in the area. So that brings in, of course, the ranchers see that, oh, there's ranch land out here. There's grassland out here. And then, of course, the sheep herders come out there. So now the ranchers and the sheep herders don't get along. All right, so let's take a look at what's in the air. This is why they had for a while in Medicine Bow about a killing a month on average. If you averaged it out, about a, a killing a month. It really was for a while like the old Wild West in Medicine Bow. Now, of course, Medicine Bow made more famous the famous Lincoln Highway move through the area. Oh, before the Lincoln Highway, of course, the novel The Virginian was a very popular novel way back when. Started there. That's where the novel starts, is right there. And it goes back to Medicine Bow. Uh, so the author spent a couple of weeks living in Medicine Bow and wrote about the town. The Lincoln Highway went through there. And the first airmail cross-country, which was done by biplane, had a stop in Medicine Bow. But if you think about it, let's take a look at who was there. In Medicine Bow, you had coal miners, ranchers, and sheep herders. And again, those two didn't get along. You had uh, railroad workers and cavalry people there. Well, now that's a volatile. All those people? Wow. No wonder there was about a shooting a month. Melissa is on the phone. Morning, Melissa. Good morning, Glenn. How are you this morning? Good. What you got for me? Oh, my gosh. I've been wanting to call you for the past three days because I have something to say about all your topics. Yeah. The first one is, I guess, the sex education topic. Right. About, and my mother didn't know where babies, she thought babies came out of your belly button. Oh, okay. She, she just passed away. She was 95. So that's in the 30s. Yeah. They didn't talk about sex at all. We know better now. We know that the belly button is kind of like, you know, the little timer you put in your turkey for Thanksgiving and it pops out and you know that the turkey's done? Yes. That's what the belly button is. Okay. Yes. The second one was about Halloween. Halloween costumes. And I remember this was, gosh, probably in the 80s. No, early 90s. We had trick or treat and I had my light on so or two years new to come to our house to get candy. And this kid, I would say he's probably, I don't know, 16 or 17, was dressed like, not like a bum, but like a raunchy, baggy pants, oh, hat yeah. on backwards, untied shoes and all. And he came to the door for candy and said, what are you dressed as? He said, an attitude. <laughs> so I said, okay, and I gave him lots of candy because I didn't want him to get... I didn't want my house to get toilet paper. Yeah, right. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the third one is the expiration date. Yeah. I um, am acquainted with a, a, a man who worked for a bottled water company, and they just bottled their water, and it was you know, safe and past, not pasteurized, but whatever. Yeah. And the federal government came in and said, you have to put an expiration date on this water. <laughs> it's water. <laughs> and he said, what? <laughs> I said, so, so everybody... Company said that's crazy. So expires in fifty years. Okay, fine. As long as there's a date on it, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All and right. that's all. All right. 
thanks for calling in and catching up. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye. Yeah, bye. See, you can do what she did. Just called in, something that you want to get off her chest. It's a Friday. Why not? We'll get all of this out there. Let me see. Uh, uh, I-80, John. The novel The Virginian was set in Medicine Bow. Yes, that's what I was talking about, John. It starts in Medicine Bow. Now, it doesn't take place entirely in Medicine Bow, but it starts in Medicine Bow. And it goes back to Medicine Bow as well. I, yeah, I've read the novel a couple times, actually, read the novel. The novel also became a television show, and there was a movie. And very popular. I mean, th- this is the, the writer's most popular. He was a popular writer at the time anyway. But this was a huge hit for him. And the, the first thing I, I remember is specifically when I first went to Medicine Bow, I pull up and I kind of drive around the little town. It's a very tiny town. And my, my first, I didn't want to be mean, but my f- first thought was, I am really unimpressed. This is just not a very attractive little town. I am so unimpressed. I thought it was going to be more, cuter, nicer. In the Virginian, when the train pulls up and the main character steps off the train, or I should say the writer, basically. He's not the main character, but he's the writer, steps off the train. He basically says the same thing. You know, So while the people at Medicine Bow are great people, I've talked to many of them, and they're really nice people. I enjoy chatting with them. But, yeah, the town has never really looked all that great. And at one point, again, Medicine Bow was the most dangerous place to be in Wyoming. When you consider all of the people that ga- – oh, and I forgot. Wait, let, let me add to that list. So in Medicine Bow, before Wyoming was a state, we had, uh, again, coal miners. That's a roughneck crowd. Railroad workers, another roughneck crowd. Cowboys of the time and sheep herders, which didn't get along. Right. And then cavalry. But let's not forget also the Indians in the area didn't want the town to be there. That's why the cavalry was there. So here again, you wonder why the town at one point was considered the roughest town in what were, was to become Wyoming. Oh, yeah. 816, wake up Wyoming. Start your day the right way. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. is the time. It's wake up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Our triple eight ninety seven woods is the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. And these other people you hear me reacting to, they're using the Wake Up Wyoming app. So what you do is you go to your app store, type in Wake Up Wyoming. It downloads for free. There's a lot of things you can do with it. And one of them is there's a chat option. So while I'm on the air, people are touching chat and they're text messaging me. And I answer back, both typing back and on the air, I answer back. All right, Cowboy State Daily has the story. And I have to call out part of this as it just can't be true. The headline is a question. Can radar powered by artificial intelligence cut down on grizzly attacks? Radar and AI. Really? All right. In the wake of fatal grizzly attacks in one of its nation's parks, Canada is considering bringing artificial intelligence to bear to save others from getting mauled. But Wyomingites said people using their brains, that works better. By the way, I did put up a story. Yesterday, there was a couple that they decided just to travel cross-country. They quit their jobs. It's nice they can supplement because they have a popular YouTube channel. And they went out cross-country traveling with their kids. When they traveled across Wyoming, they got to the Jackson Hole area. And they went on a hike with the kids. 
found some fresh bear prints and just turned around and went back. Very fresh bear prints. Nope. And they just left. See, that's using your head. And people who don't use their heads like that, well, they'll lose their heads. So, quote, I hope we never have to go Skynet levels to address issues related to bears and people, Dan Thompson, Wyoming Game and Fish Department, said. In Canada's northernmost reaches, wildlife researchers have successfully tracked polar bears with AI-driven radar. They've used it to keep tabs on the whereabouts of polar bears, which can be aggressive. Now, this is where I say this story can't be true. Well, we were told, Al Gore, among other people, that the polar bears would all be gone by now. The North Pole is supposed to be ice-free in the summertime, by now, should have happened years ago. And the polar bears are supposed to be extinct. But they're trying to convince us in Canada that there's more polar bears than ever before. And this story, well, here, someone just got killed by a polar bear. That can't be true. It must have been something else. An abominable snowman or something like that. I don't know, because uh, there's there's no way. There's no polar bears left, according to Al Gore. Story says, most recently, a grizzly killed a Canadian couple. Again, I'm going with abominable snowman. Can't be. There's no polar bears left. And their dog, by the way, in a remote section of a national park up there. And close encounters with bears are becoming more common in the park's more heavily trafficked areas. The fur of bears made it all but impossible to track with older tracking technology. But this enhanced ability to pick out polar bears... From other blips on the screen. Wow. <clears throat> That's the part. Well, I look at the terrain. I think, can you get, can you use radar in rugged terrain? I don't know. And they've used that technology to issue polar bear warnings to residents in villages. Such as, uh, as far north as Churchill, Manitoba. Which is basically an early warning system for marauding polar bears that gives people a bit more time just to get out of the bear's way. Now, researchers hope to apply that same technologies to grizzlies and black bears in Canada, perhaps to send out uh, proximity alerts. Watch it. They're in this area. Radar tracking polar bears across open ice flows and across barren tundras, one thing. But in heavily forested and mountain habitat, okay, that's where I'm wondering. So there's parts of Wyoming that you just really couldn't, right? Quote, this seems to be most effective on open landscape and questionable as to how effective it would be in wooded campsites in Rocky Mountains. What's more, technology, at least for now, is too expensive to do this really here in the state of Wyoming. So don't expect Wyoming Game and Fish to turn to this kind of a measure anytime soon, they're saying in the story. Okay. Uh, In the meantime, they're trying to find ways. And I just figured, do what you can do. To educate tourists, and then, you know, as far as educating tourists goes, at some point, we just have to let, let's call it nature take its course. I am a firm believer that Darwin had it right. Yeah, I like Darwin. I think he really nailed it and had it right. It's survival of the fittest. That's why we have, by the way, the Darwin Awards. I need to look that up. I've never thought about that before. So if you haven't heard of the Darwin Awards, the idea is animal species have various things that they have in order for survival. Some animals are fast. 
Some animals can hide. Some are armored. Some animals have weapons, claws, stuff like that. Human beings, we have our brains. Most of us. So, well, some of us have our brains that we can use. That's how we survived and became top of the food chain because we have brains. What happens, though, when someone doesn't use that brain and they die just because they're stupid? And people die in the dumbest ways. And so someone started the Darwin Awards. And the Darwin Awards is, there's a book out every single year, but you can also find it online. If you want to amuse yourself, just have a good time laughing at people who died in just the dumbest possible ways. I've never looked at it, but I'd have to go back and take a look. How many people have been listed in Darwin Awards because they were, well, trying to pet a fluffy cow? Or deciding to get a selfie with a bear or something like that. If that's the case, they should be on the Darwin Awards. But maybe it just happens too often to put them there. I'm not sure. Or what about the idiots in Yellowstone who walk out into the hot springs? And there have been people who've died out there in the hot springs, even though there's signs all over the damn place saying, stay on the boardwalk, don't get into the hot springs. Yet, they walk right out there ignoring the signs and they get hurt or they die. So would those people be added to the Darwin Awards? I don't know. Yeah, that's why Iady John in Granite Canyon says bear attacks are a good way of thinning the herd. Yeah, I I just wonder sometimes. Should I really am are we bad people because we think it's a good idea just to eliminate stupid from the human genome or just just let let them do stupid and then we have less stupid around? It's a thought anyway, because uh, if you if you know the movie Idiocracy, you'll know where I'm going with this. All right, so we're coming up on some local news. Right after local news update on your weather forecast, and you and I get into it with a nice long segment of open phones. Triple eight ninety seven was the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine, I'll just roll with it. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Keeping them honest, this is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Something on your mind? Join in at 888-97-WOODS. Hey, 36 of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. So a couple of notes I'm getting here. And you can call in, 888-97-WOODS, 888-97-WOODS. Doesn't matter if you want to talk about what I'm talking about or something else. Blue Eyes is in Douglas. What I would like to know, these idiotic people who walk out into the hot springs or want to pet a bison, are they liberal? Because it sounds like they're all liberals who do uh, – here's, here's my theory on this. I honestly think that these folks have just been cut off. I don't think it's liberal or conservative or anything like that. I think it's just because they have been cut off from nature. You know, um, hang on, say I'm looking for something. Let's see if that comes up. There we go. I'll call that one up and play it for you in just a minute. Well, let's take a look at. <clears throat> 
for example, food. I was listening, this is a few years ago, I was listening on a YouTube video, and there was a young lady who did not understand why she had to pay for water. Her explanation was she got a water bill at her new apartment. And she said, but yeah, but it's like, you know, water. She has no idea why we would have to pay for it. And then I went on to explain, I actually left some comments to her on the YouTube video. If you really want just free water, you can go grab buckets, although you got to figure out where buckets come from, and just go out and find where you can scoop up some water and carry it back to your house. And then, oh, by the way, when you get it home, you better make sure that it's um, clean. You're going to boil it? What are you going to do to make sure all the impurities are out of there? The fact that you have water that makes it to your house. It actually makes it all the way to your house. And you have hot and cold running once it gets there. There's a lot of work that goes into that. So you wonder why you have to pay for that. Well, all of the people who not just built that, but all of the people who maintain that, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of people who have to get paid. She had no idea. There's a disconnect. There's people who do think if we got rid of coal, gas, and oil, well, then we would be saving the planet, not realizing all that we do with petroleum products and natural gases and oil. There's a disconnect with all of this. So I don't think it's liberal or conservative. People have been raised in uh, cities or at least in uh, neighborhoods anyway, you know, not really – not not really when you take a look at your, your major cities, but also just smaller towns in urban areas where they've never had to deal with nature like they do out here in Wyoming. And so when they get out into Yellowstone, they're very curious and they want to go stand by the fluffy cow. And, and let's face it, a bison does look just so at peace with itself. Like it's not going to bother anybody. They just stand there chewing grass. Not doing it. It doesn't look like a threat. So they have no idea. Now, I don't think it's liberal or conservative. I just think that they've not been exposed to it. And so Greg is in Laramie. Morning, Greg. Morning, Glenn. I heard your uh, discussion yesterday and you brought up the smoking tree. Yeah. And uh, we had a smoking barrel. And I want to point out one of the very big differences in that is that you know, every day I would watch the principal look at the smoking barrel and the vice principal. Yeah. They didn't care that people were smoking off property. Right. And they didn't call your parents. Right. And I think that was a good part of of growing up. They kind of walled off what they would regulate between, sure. you know, outside activities in the school they wouldn't regulate. But if you stepped your foot on property and yeah, smoked, then, then you're in charge. In fact, there's the smoking tree that I'm talking about was on campus in the courtyard. That was on property, and they allowed students, wow. yeah, and high school students, to go over there and just sit down under the tree and light up cigarettes. Now, this is, of course, we're talking like early seventies here when that happened. So it's been well, a while. I'm, I was fashion sixty three. I think we're very contemporary. Yeah. So we didn't. This was junior high. Right. This was a junior high smoking barrel. I, I, I don't know what was going on. Again, right. It's just a fascinating thing. It also reminded me. I heard yesterday. You know. <clears throat> When I was in junior high school, um, 
we had a brand new first year teacher in eighth grade English. Mm-hmm. And, and she reminded me of Megan Dagenfelder and the, the, the moms that, that uh, run uh, Liberty, Moms for Liberty. Right. Um, I think the only thing they could do worse for education would be substitute teachers for eighth graders because nothing would get learned in those classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got a point. They are. Uh, it would be distracting. Yeah, to an eighth grade. Uh, sure, it would be. Yes, yeah. There were some yeah. teachers that I had in high school, which I looked at. You know, and again, considering the age, because I was born in '64, considering the age that we're at, there were some teachers that I had in high school where I'm thinking. You know, the principal ought to pull you aside and tell you to quit wearing that because you are really distracting these teenage boys from any kind of an education. Well, I'll just say I ended up talking to that eighth grade teacher about 10 or 15 years later and said, yeah. you know, you probably shouldn't have worn those tight sweater shoes. <laughs> yeah. I never wore a tight sweater. Uh-huh. And then I brought my junior high yearbook. Yeah. And they had an expose on her, and they had a big picture of her. What do you think she was yeah, wearing? Of course, yeah, tight sweater. Let me tell you a story, a, a though. Tight this is one of my favorite stories to tell whenever we get into the stories of how to handle, uh, you know, racism and other uh, you know, hate in general in school. So here I was, uh, probably about, you know, 15, 16 years old. And I was in one of those classrooms. You've seen this, where everybody got into their little groups. You had the preps over here, the rednecks over there. Back in the right-hand corner, you know, all the black kids said, you know, I was the guy who sort of sat in the middle because I kind of knew everybody from every group, but we all had our groups. The teacher gets called out of the classroom for something, and as she's leaving, I'll be right back, behave. Right. <laughs> and as she's leaving the room, I hear over my shoulder in the corner where the black kids are, somebody's telling a joke, and they're trying to be quiet, and they're giggling. And I turned around, you know, I was still very much me back then and said loud enough for everybody here, are you telling a white joke? Oh, these kids got scared. <laughs> One of the preppy girls from the preppy corner turned around and stood up and said, I've never heard a white joke. And we all went to the back of the room and we sat around them. Now, these kids in the back are scared. We're like, no, 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 no. We want to hear it. We've never heard a white joke. So they start to tell a white joke. And it, let me tell you, Greg, it was very inappropriate. And we <laughs> laughed and laughed. So the next kid over said, oh, you think that one's bad? And he tells one even more inappropriate. And we laughed and laughed. Next thing you know, the rednecks are telling prep jokes. I mean, everybody's telling jokes about everybody else, right? Teacher comes back in. What are you doing? Oh, no, no, we're just – no. And we all went back to our seats. Oh, it's okay. Nothing bad was happening. And I noticed that even though we still sat in our cliques after that, that never changed. But out in the hallways, I started noticing in the weeks after, barriers had been broken. Friends had been uh-huh. made. And I right. thought to this day when I think, don't you dare say that or you're going to get in trouble. You can't say that. My thought is just the opposite. You want to solve this problem, go Monty Python on it. And that, Well, Glenn, that, that, you sound right. Yeah, I've got a good joke I could tell, but but it's inappropriate for the air. So yeah, I'll okay. Text it to you, well, okay? you know, text it to me. I want to see it. All right. Hey, thanks, Greg. Okay. I appreciate it. That's a true story that happened to me, and it really did break barriers down. Friends were made after that because we were saying what we weren't supposed to say to each other and laughing about it. It goes a whole lot. That really solved the problem a whole lot better than the woke 
message that they're trying today. You can't say that or else. The opposite is true. 845, Wake Up Wyoming. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Make your voice heard at 888-97-WOODS. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Eight forty-eight is the time. It is Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Friday, and for those who are wondering, thought it'd be really nice weather for the UW game. Off we go to the ice box where Frank Gambino is waiting by. So, Frank, there's always a way to get around when someone tries to put up some kind of a lock or a barrier so you can't do something. A clever person will find a way around it, right? Locks only keep honest people uh, that's out. That's true. In Florida, an Uber driver stopped making payments on his rental car. The way he prevented them from finding him, he let it idle, sit in idle and just run for weeks. Because you see, the moment it deactivated, they'd be able to home in on where he was. Why couldn't they find him when the vehicle is running? Uh, That's just not the way uh, the rental company's device prevented it from, let me see, restarting here. There's something about the device. Let me see if I can find Oh, over there in in Mills, Florida? Okay. Um, Stop making payments, Orange County. Rental company had installed a device in his vehicle that could be remotely activated to to stop the car from restarting. That's what it was. Okay. If the renter stopped making payments. So not so much to find, but we'll stop the vehicle so it can't restart if you stop making payments. So his answer was, well, then I won't turn off the car. That's a long time to rent a car. That is. At some point, the thing is going to break down on him. I, I knew somebody, a friend of mine in Chicago, has, he drove an old crappy van and he had to keep it running because if it shut it off, he'd never start it again. <laughs> How long did that last? It was about four months. Until yeah. I figured it out. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that forever. No, no those no, no, things, no, no. you know. Not going to price the gas. No no, oh, my Lord, that's the next thing there. So how much is gas going? Oh, I mean, yeah, even oh, when idling, you know. Yeah. He left the car idling for oh, whatever. So... Does he want to give the car back? Uh, well, at some point, they found him in the car, and they got the whole thing back and so on. So this guy had some kind of a brilliant plan. Now, I wonder if he's a thinker like that, <coughs> yeah. thinker, then uh, maybe he ought to start using that brain power toward getting some kind of a job, which will actually pay off. I'm you, just you would think, Len. You would think. Well, in college football tonight, the Wyoming Cowboys with hosting Colorado State in the 115th edition of the Border War. It'll be in Laramie, Wyoming at 6 p.m. tonight. It's a huge rivalry game. Emotions run high. You have the bronze boot. That's an important important piece of hardware for both teams. You got guys from you know, that are on the Wyoming roster that were from Colorado who weren't really recruited by CSU, but now they're at Wyoming and they would like to prove something. Cowboys are really trying to move on from that dreadful performance and that Lost to Boise State last week, so they're five and three overall, two and two in Mountain West play. CSU just a pedestrian one and three in league play and three and five overall. They lost to the Air Force last week. Pokes favored by six points in the game. Six p.m. kickoff tonight from the War, and we'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB in Laramie. 
State High School football playoffs moving along today and tonight. In 4A, Sheridan will host Thunder Basin at 6 p.m. Cheyenne East will host Natrona at 1 p.m. tomorrow. In 3A, Evanston will be at Cody tonight at 7. Buffalo will be at Star Valley at 5. In 2A, Bighorn will host Lyman at noon today. Torrington will be at Mountain View at 1 over in 1A, 9 man. Southeast will be at Wind River this afternoon, while Lingo Fort Laramie will host Big Piney tomorrow at 1. Finally, in 1A, 6 man, Little Snake River will host Dubois at 2 p.m. today, and Camden will travel to Burlington also at 2. The state championship football games will be Friday and Saturday at War Memorial Stadium in Laramie. The state high school volleyball tournament rolling along today at the Ford Center in Casper. A consolation play and semifinal round play. In 4A, Laramie and Kelly Walls both made the semifinals with wins yesterday. KW outlasted Campbell County in a great match, and Laramie defeated Star Valley. Cheyenne East lost to Cody, so the Tebers will play in a loser out match versus Star Valley at 2.30 this afternoon. So in the 4A semifinals, Kelly Walls will meet Thunder Basin at 4.30. Laramie will take on Cody at 6. Both of these matches should be uh, entertaining. In the 3A semifinals, it's Buffalo versus Mountain View at 4.30. Douglas will play Powell at 6. In 2A, Pine Bluffs, a 4 seed, defeated Grable, a 1 seed in the quarterfinals. So Pine Bluffs will play defending champion Burns in the semifinals at 6 p.m. Bighorn and Tongue River, those rivals up in the north, uh, will be in the other 2A semifinal at 4.30. Little Snake River in 1A will play Upton in one semifinal at 4.30. Cokeville meeting southeast in the other at 6. The championship matches of the state high school volleyball tournament will be 4.30 tomorrow at the Ford Center. Junior college volleyball, Casper College stayed alive in the Region 9 tournament with a three sets to none win over McCook, Nebraska. They'll take on LCCC from Cheyenne today at noon in a loser out game. LCCC lost to NJC yesterday three sets to none in a winner's bracket game down in Sterling. And that's it in sports. So that's a lot to keep up with. So Wyo Preps. Yeah, Wyo Preps for the high school stuff. Yeah, and for, go for ahead. volleyball yep. and for football and for state girls swimming in Gillette. That is the place. And the app is free. Just download Wyo Preps. By the way, take pictures of your kids. Send yes, them and send them to me. Yes, yeah. please. We'll get them on there. You yes, bet. Absolutely. All right. Thank, thank you very much, Frank. Coming up on some local business we got to take care of. I'm going to roll into news time after that national local update on the weather forecast. I'm going to, hello, White Eagle. He's in Rappo. I'm going to bring up the subject again because people are dropping me notes about it. Uh, scientists want warning labels on meat because of climate change. If you haven't heard that story from earlier this morning, I'll review it. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Six the time it's wake up Wyoming. We're getting into the last hour of the program here. Triple eight ninety seven Woods. The phone number that's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. A couple of things I'm going to clean up real quick here. So we were talking about, and I think this is a real good topic that people who come from out of state and come to places like Wyoming, and they go to Yellowstone and they hug the fluffy cows get selfies with all sorts of wild animals, get hurt, walk into the hot springs. What's their problem? And I honestly do think it's because they weren't raised around it. They're disconnected from it. People don't know where water comes from in their own house. I've seen I've seen people talk about it. People have no idea. Electricity, it's just, it comes out of the plug, right? They don't know where their food comes from. So when they get out to some place like Wyoming, this is the first time they've ever been in nature. And so when they see a buffalo for the first time, buffaloes just stand there chewing grass. They seem so peaceful and calm. The tourists don't know that if they get too close, it's going to 
get nervous and headbutt them. They have no idea. But also, let's go back to Hank Patterson. Hi, I'm Hank Patterson, world-renowned fly fishing guide and wilderness survival expert. And today, I'm here with a few tips and techniques on how you can survive a trip to Yellowstone National Park. Every year, tens of hundreds of thousands of people are smashed and trampled and smushed to death in Yellowstone by bison, elk, moose, llama, antelope. Thousands more have their faces chewed off by grizzlies and polar bears. And 32,000 people are kidnapped by wolves, never to be heard from again. We've all seen the images of people trying to get a selfie with an elk or putting a baby bison in the trunk of their car, petting grizzly bears or trying to tickle the nuts of a bull elk. And we've all said the same thing. Look at these stupid, idiot, moron people. But the truth is, these people aren't stupid at all. They're simply uninformed and uneducated. They just haven't been taught to have a good, healthy fear of wild animals. In fact, they've been taught the very opposite. What's the number one stuffed toy on the planet? Uh, teddy bears. You want a funny, hilarious, soft bison hat? Look no further than the Yellowstone gift shop. Since we were children, we've all been taught to think of these wild creatures as our little woodland friends. Uh, don't believe me? Let's play a little word association. Okay, so I'm going to say a word, and then you say the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? Uh, wolf. Puppies. A pack of wolves. Lots of puppies. Bison. Huggable. Grizzly bear. Cuddles and kisses. Hey, you know that, um, like I'm, I'm like part grizzly bear. So it's no wonder that 178,000 people will perish in Yellowstone this year, which is exactly why I've developed Hank Patterson's six simple steps to surviving Yellowstone National Park. Step one. Uh, stay away from bison. Step two, when it comes to grizzly bears, you're going to want to stay away. Step three, if you see an elk, stay away from it. Step four, wolves. Now, that's a whole different program. If you run into wolves, you want to kind of really be quiet when you stay away. Step five, have you ever had your arm, like, ripped off of your body and then, you know, eaten, like, right in front of your face by a moose? Uh, you're going to, unless you stay away from moose. Step six, if you see a geyser, don't put your face in it. Step seven, do you know the difference between looking at grizzly bear cubs from inside your car and from outside your car? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Stay inside your car. And you're also, you're going to want to stay on marked trails, uh, take water, be hydrated, only hike with friends, and uh, take bear spray. If you're one of the more than 200 million people that will visit Yellowstone this year, remember to take the time to enjoy the beauty and wild, majestic splendor that Yellowstone National Park has to offer. But more than that, remember... Stay away from wild animals. So there you go. That's why I think that most people who enter, it's not a matter of liberal or conservative or anything like that. It's just that they're inexperienced in being out here. They weren't, if they were raised here, they'd be acting differently. That's what I think. All right. Now, another uh, comment. Let me scroll down to it. These are people who are commenting to me off the Wake Up Wyoming app. Let's see. Warning. Oh, yeah. Milo for danger. Thanks to warning labels on every stupid thing's. Yeah, stupid will always be around. And part of what he's talking about is a story that I picked up earlier this morning. <clears throat> so there's, and I'm putting this in quotes, scientists, they're not really scientists, no. not these guys, declare meat should have cigarette-style climate warnings on them. Proposed labeling, warning, eating meat contributes to climate change. This is over in the UK, of course. It's also from the UN Food and Agricultural Organization, of course. 
And what they do is they show, on, if you go to buy hamburger meat, on the label will be a picture of a forest that has been devastated by fire. And above that picture will be the words, eating meat contributes to climate change. It's all your fault. You know. With the hopes, they're, they're really hoping to get something passed here. They get these warning labels on, food everywhere. Because they honestly believe that that will get you. Well, it stopped it, it. Warning labels on cigarettes and fewer people are smoking. I don't really think warning la- – correct me if I'm wrong because I don't think it was warning labels on cigarettes that reduced smoking. I think other kind of uh, convincing got the smoking level way down. But the warning labels on cigarette packs, personally, I thought that really never did anything. But okay. Again, you tell me if I'm wrong about that. Even on billboards, stuff like that, there's warnings, you know. Uh, maybe it had some effect, but not that I've ever seen, but you tell me. All right, well, imagine putting that on meat when you go to buy some bacon. You want some bacon and eggs tomorrow. So, okay, you go to buy that bacon. I wonder if they would put it on the eggs, too. And you have a warning label. You eat this, you're causing climate change. Well, they got to do something to get you to stop eating meat, right? So this is where I'd mention, let's go to... um the grocery store. I mentioned this earlier this morning. Now, if you're with me here in Wyoming, most of our grocery stores are small. So you, and it's not going to be much of a market for that fake meat, but there is some. If you're ever in a big city and you go to a big city grocery store, especially a very big liberal city, look around. Because what you find in Wyoming is not representative of other places, right? Look around for the section, the vegan food section... But also look for the section that has the impossible burgers and other such fake meat, right? Those sections are really small. Those industries are not doing well. Really small sections. It has been suggested. Let's see. Um, pardon me while I type this in. It was on. Um, I believe this happened. But I'm checking it out. Yeah, okay. So there are those who want to put warning labels on gas pumps because of climate change. I remember that story. It's been a while. But, yeah, there have been people who said they want to put warning labels on gasoline pumps. So when you're pumping gas into your car... There's a warning label that you are causing climate change. You're destroying the planet. And some people want those same kind of stickers when you go to purchase an internal combustion engine. They want the same thing. This story, drive up to any gas pump in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and you'll see a yellow label sticker bigger than a greeting card in red lettering telling. And so this is actually a thing in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I'm looking at one of these stickers right now. The city of Cambridge, Massachusetts, put this warning label out. So you're pumping gas, and the sign says, Warning, burning gasoline, diesel, and ethanol has major consequences on human health and the environment, including contributing to climate change. City of Cambridge, Massachusetts. There are people who want to put signs like that on gas pumps all over America. Now, if you look at that and you think, well, does that actually... Stop people from 
British Columbia, uh, some of their cities have adopted the same thing. Newton, Massachusetts did it. Okay. Uh, there's a couple of other places too, but okay. So has that stopped people from buying gasoline? No, it hasn't. People see the label and they may or may not agree with it. They see the label. They don't know if they agree with it or not. But they continue pumping gas and they continue driving their vehicle. Fat lot of good that's been, right? Tim and Casper, are they going to put warning labels on the EV chargers? They should. I would like to see electric vehicle charges, uh, charging stations that say, thank you for driving a coal-powered car or something like that. Or there is no such thing as a zero-emissions car. Or something that tells them about the rare earth minerals that go into the batteries and how devastating that is to the planet to extract rare earth minerals and dispose of them. Or the child labor that went into. Or the fact that their electric vehicle, not the batteries, but the rest of it, is built with a lot of petroleum products. And without petroleum products, there wouldn't be an electric vehicle. How about that? Jude and Casper, warning labels do nothing. It was the price that bothered me on smokes and beers and beef. Yeah. Well, they would like to price you out of the market, too. 917, wake up Wyoming. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. More stimulating than that first cup of coffee. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Nine twenty-two is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Real quick for those, well, Massachusetts, Cambridge, Massachusetts being one of the places that put a warning label on the gasoline pump. Warning: using gasoline, diesel, and ethanol is bad for human health and contributes to climate change. Okay, uh, for the people of the city council that voted that in, what do you drive? Are you members of the city council taking bicycles to work? Are you? I doubt you are. I bet you they see their stickers every time they pull their vehicles up to the pump and fill it to the brim with gasoline or whatever they're driving. So I'm just pointing out the the hypocrisy again is obvious. I would like to see what they're driving. How many of them are driving small cars? I would bet most of them are not. Probably driving something that guzzles a little bit more. But I'd like to see that. What are you guys driving? Do you pull up to the gas pump? You voted for that sticker. Do you pull up to the gas pump and fill up? Then shut up. Take the sticker off because you're you're a hypocrite. Okay, so there's that. Then Montana, who's in Cheyenne, don't forget to add the same warning labels to electric car charging stations as well as when electric cars are purchased. Yes. And you're not the only one, Montana. Several other people said the same thing. Jude and Casper. What about electric cars? Yeah. I would like a label reminding people when they buy their electric car. In fact, I don't think you could put it on just a label. Give them a little booklet, a little brochure. That's all it has to be. And before you buy the electric car, read this. And it will explain to them that it's impossible to build the electric car without petroleum products. It's impossible to make the batteries without petroleum and coal. You need them both for those who want to keep it in the ground. Remind them that they are not driving in a zero emissions vehicle. They're driving a coal-powered car. 
Show them the damage done to the environment by mining for rare earth minerals, extracting rare earth minerals, which is a toxic process, and getting rid of all of that later on when it's served its lifespan, which is another toxic process. Show them slave labor and child slave labor in Africa and China in that little brochure that was handed to them. Before you purchase this electric vehicle, please read this, and then uh, we'll have a little discussion about whether you want to buy the electric vehicle or not. How about that? And here's White Eagle Arapaho. He said what I just said. I bet you the people who put stickers on those pumps are still using gas. Yes, exactly what I was talking about. Yeah, I bet you they are. They're not driving around in anything. They're not riding bicycles to City Hall. Mandy is in Kimball. Morning, Mandy. When I live in San Diego in the 90s, they put capture cups on gas pumps. At the time, they said they were capturing fumes, which made it difficult to put the gas in the car. I'd rather have a sticker. Okay, so capture cups to try to capture the fumes, but apparently that doesn't work out well. Yeah, I get it. Okay, well, and once again, let's point out the hypocrisy of it all. You know, I I would ju- I really would. The more I think about it, I really would like to have that brochure handed to people who buy electric cars before you purchase the electric car. Let's take a look at it, and then we'll have a little discussion about whether this electric car is really climate friendly or not, good for the environment or not, really saving you anything. Yeah, I would like also to hand that same brochure to members of the Democrat Party who keep pushing electric vehicles and everybody. But as I've told you over the past um, few years here, electric car sales are not doing well, despite all of the heavy subsidies and so on and so on. Let's have the same kind of discussion about wind and solar power. And let's remind people who want to keep all coal, gas, and oil in the ground, you cannot go wind or solar or electric cars without coal and without petroleum. It's not possible to do it, but okay. This is part of what we were talking about earlier today when it came to people going to places like Yellowstone because and getting hurt because just because they're naive. Well, these are people that are hurting the rest of us just because they're naive. They've never been told. In fact, they've been told the opposite of all of this. And so when we come up with this information, they've never heard this before. And when uh, people like me, and I know some of you out there, try to get this information out, because it's certainly not going to get put out by your obsolete, irrelevant news media. When we try to get it out, that's where they repress this information. We have a lot of work to do to re-educate people about what's really going on. And that, with all due respect, because I do think I, I like the man, but that includes our Governor Gordon, who wants Wyoming not just to be uh, net zero, but even a little below that which is something that, as much as he wants to keep our industries but achieve that, he's doing nothing but seriously harming the industries and thereby the economy of Wyoming. So we got to be very careful about how we vote for next time around. But at least we don't have anyone in this state who is in a position of authority that wants to go put those ridiculous stickers on gas pumps and on your meat at the grocery store. By the way, do me a favor. If you're out this weekend and you're looking around, you're, you're... you're going to eat fast food, let's say, right? Do you go to any of those places that tried serving the Impossible Burger or those fake hamburger meat products? Is that still on the menu? I don't know. I haven't looked. 
I'd like to know on Monday. Do you if you if you happen to see? Do you look up at the menu and see? Do they still have that up there? Because I know several restaurants have dropped it. But I'd be curious. Okay. Uh, some not so good news about kids on summer break. I'll do that right after local news update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it. More open phones. Wake up, Wyoming. If it matters in Wyoming, it matters to wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Call Glenn at 888-97-WOODS and make your voice heard. AM 1030, K2 Radio. Well, here's something that I... I hate talking about stuff like this, but it's absolutely true. I'm going with uh, from Intellectual Takeout. Now, Intellectual Takeout is one of many websites that I monitor just because they have interesting articles now and then. Most of their articles I'm not interested in, but now and then I go, oh, no, that's a good one. So I keep an eye on them. Headline, children are actually getting fatter on summer break. And it shows a kid sitting in front of a television eating potato chips. The author here, Annie, says, as my child, some of my favorite books, or as a child, pardon me, some of my favorite books were Betsy Tracy series by, and then talks about the different kind of books that she likes to read. One of the recurring themes in the book is the nightly games which were played outside of the author's house. Children from all over the neighborhood would congregate in nice weather and play hard until sunset. I was reminded of this happy scenario when I read a New York Times article, she said, reported on a new study on childhood weight gain. Contrary to what conventional wisdom might bring to your head, the study finds that children actually increase weight during summer months when they're not in school. They're playing video games. They're watching television. They're not outside running around. A national representative is a national a sample of about well they about twenty thousand kids roughly kindergartners on up to a certain age were weighed in the early fall and again in the spring and then again in the fall when you know through summertime the prevalence of children who were overweight increased by about thirty percent. Most strikingly, according to a study published Wednesday in the Journal of Obesity, all increases were during the summer breaks. Nobody increased body mass index during the school year, at least because school has things like physical education. They'll take you outside and run around and so on. Also, they're not snacking as much because we have a tendency when we're sitting in front of the television to snack, snack, snack. Our hand's always in a bowl or something there. It's disturbing, she says, how little progress we can see as a result of these school-based fitness nutrition programs, said the lead author. I think that comes back to, oh, and they try doing things like soda bans, things like that. I think the problem there is you cannot ban stuff. We're going to have a soda ban. You know, we're going to raise taxes on sodas. Government is constantly coming up with programs to fight childhood obesity. And yet, what's been the answer? A government comes up with all sorts of programs that don't work. Which is one of the reasons I say, in most cases, if you want to solve a problem, you're not going to solve it through a government program. Government passing laws is not going to stop violence in places like Chicago. 
if you if you got gangs, homelessness, and these uh, people who are in mobs rushing into stores and robbing everything and rushing out all at once, that's not going to be stopped by government programs. Right, you got to look for something else. As an example of that, what actually stops childhood obesity? Parents. Now, unfortunately, in many cases, have you seen the size of the parents? I'm not trying to be mean here. I'm just trying to be realistic. I mean, I, I've talked about this before. When I was a kid, young, much younger, if we saw an overweight person, because all of us were rail thin, including our parents, if we saw an overweight person, oh, my God, that guy's fat. Oh, wow. How did that? If, did you see the fat guy? I saw a fat guy. That was weird to see someone fat. Today, it's unusual to see thin people. And oftentimes, I look at parents who are not just a little overweight, but wow, are they huge. And so what's happening to the kids? And so a government program to ban sodas and you know try to heavily tax potato chips and so on, that does absolutely nothing. Our solution lies somewhere else. Now, if you're thinking I have all the answers here, I can offer suggestions as what we can do. But it's really going to come down to a cultural change if we're going to fix any of this. And to get those kids out of the house and running around and playing again is really going to be up to the parents if you want healthy kids. I understand kids loving – there's some great video games out there. There's some incredible home video games. Absolutely amazing. But if you really want to get people in shape, you got to get them up and get them outside. In my book, The Uncomplicated Life, I talk about how to lose weight. Which, as you know, if you've been listening to the radio commercials, and those are not fake, and I'm not doing one now, I started putting on some weight because I sit here in the studio for a long time. And then when I would get home, uh, I was working on the next book and all sorts of other things. And everything that I did was sedentary. And then I realized, oh, my God, I put on some weight. The answer, as I wrote in my book, The Uncomplicated Life, is eat less, move more. And you don't have to go to a gym. If you want to, that's great. Just find stuff that you love doing that's active. Get out and go do something that's physically active. Whatever that is. Just because you're moving, you're going to do fine. And quit eating junk. But yeah, when I read about childhood obesity rates and kids gain weight during the summer, not lose, they're not losing weight during the summer. They're gaining weight. That problem starts at home. Again, we're not going to find some government program to fix that. Our solutions are somewhere else, whatever the problem might be, from childhood obesity to many other things. The solutions are not going to be found because Congress spent a billion dollars and passed a law. It has nothing to do with what is going to actually solve our problem. It has to do with the American people and a shift in our culture to something better. Wake up, Wyoming. News and weather together at the top and bottom of every hour. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Nine forty-eight is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Okay, Frank. I'm. I've, I've written some hacks up here to help people through the weekend. Okay, number one, they're changing the clock. Yes, that's what I'm talking so, so, about. So, uh, you know, anybody who has a problem with that, mm, yes. get a life. No, no, I have I have hacks that make it. Now, your your phone and your computers, it does it for you. 
Right, yeah. Okay, you're good. Okay. The old analog clock with hands. Yeah. Okay. Just take a marker and write the other time on there. You know, so one, put like two. You know. That way, next time change, all you got to do is look at the other set of numbers. You'll never have to change it again. Yeah. I uh, I have like two clocks, and one is on one time and one's on the other, but I forget which one. Oh, see, that's the problem there. So you have to, okay, label one spring and the other fall. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Okay. Uh, okay, the, the microwave oven. Okay, follow that's me. A, yeah, that's one of them. Okay, now, and that one and also your DVR. Okay, follow me on this one. Okay. Get a piece of black electrical tape. Measure the size of the numbers and cut the tape to that size. And stick it over the, the microwave. Numbers. Yeah, there. And then you never have to worry about changing the time on there ever again. Now, the only downside to this is, with a lot of people, that clock time is also how long they're cooking something for. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you won't be able to see that anymore. But it's okay with your DVR, I think, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, if we're a pizza anyway, and if you're yeah. microwaving it, it's it's thirty seconds at a thousand degrees. Sure. There you go. Okay. Now your automobile. Now some people their automobiles do change it for them, but the older models they don't. No, they do yeah. not. Okay. No. Buy a second car. <laughs> yeah, okay. W- w- one for yes. Label one, one car for spring the- and yeah. one car fall. Yeah. There you go. See how I'm doing this, Frank? This just solves all of the problems, doesn't it? Yeah. Normally, when it, my experience is, if you solve two problems, yes. yeah, come up with you four create four more. Four, yeah. four, okay. you now, create four, four more. Yeah. Your radio alarm clock. It's twenty twenty three. Why do you still have a radio alarm clock? Do you really want to listen to me waking you up in the morning? Not no, really, no. but I have a regular alarm clock that I've yeah. had forever, but it buzzes. Oh yeah, okay. You know how it? Buzzes? I hate that. Yeah, throw it away. So instead, what I do is I have my phone set up, and I go over to my phone and I tell it. To set the alarms, and it does, and then it'll wake me up. Now, that's technology for See? you. See? No matter what time zone you're in. Right. Daylight okay. savings time, standard time, that okay. is that is saving your life. Now, your sundial, if you have one in the backyard. Oh, of course. Now, everyone just does, go right? out there and rotate it one hour, and you're good. Good, good to go. All right, the State High School Volleyball Tournament moving along today at the Ford Center in Casper, a consolation play, and then semifinal round play beginning at 4.30. In 4A, Laramie and Kelly Walsh did make the semifinals with wins yesterday. KW outlasted Campbell County in a great match, and then Laramie defeated Star Valley after losing the first set. Cheyenne East lost to Cody, so the T-Birds in a loser-out match versus Star Valley at 2.30 this afternoon. In the 4A semifinals, Kelly Walsh beating Thunder Basin at 4.30, while Laramie takes on Cody at 6. Both of those matches could be really, really good. In the 3A semifinals, it's Buffalo versus Mountain View at 430, and Douglas will play Paul at 6. In 2A, Pine Bluffs is a 4-seed. They beat Grable a 1-seed in the quarterfinals last night. So Pine Bluffs will play defending champion Burns in the semifinals at 6 p.m. And those rivals up north, Bighorn and Tongue River, will be in the other 2A semifinal at 430. In 1A, Little Snake River plays Upton in one semifinal at 430, with Cokeville meeting southeast in the other at 6. And those championship matches at the State High School Volleyball Tournament will be at 4.30 tomorrow at the at the Ford Center. Juco Volleyball, Casper College State alive in the Region 9 Tournament with a three sets to none win over McCook, Nebraska yesterday. They'll meet LCCC from Cheyenne today in a loser-out game. Uh, LCCC lost to NJC yesterday in three sets. The State High School Football Playoffs roll along today and tonight. And tomorrow, in 4A, Sheridan will host Thunder Basin tonight at 6. Cheyenne East will host Natrona tomorrow at 1 p.m. In 3A, Evanston will be at Cody at 7. Buffalo will be at Star Valley at 5. 
into a big horn will host Lyman at noon today, and Torrington will be a Mountain View at 1, over in 1 in Nyman. Southeast will be at Wind River this afternoon, while Lingleport Laramie will host Big Piney tomorrow afternoon at 1. Finally, in 1 in 6, man, Little Snake River will host Dubois at 2 today, and Campman travels to Burlington at 2 today. The state championship football games will be Friday and Saturday at War Memorial Stadium in Laramie. Coming up tonight in college football, the Wyoming Cowboys will host Colorado State in the 115th edition of the Border War. Yes, it's Friday, you know, but it is the Border War. Huge rivalry game. Emotions run high. Could get shippy. And that bronze boot is an important piece of hardware for both teams and the Cowboys own it right now thanks to beating CSU in Fort Collins a year ago. The Cowboys, however, are trying to move on from that dreadful performance that they turned in at, to Boy, in the loss to Boise State. So they're 5-3 and three overall, 2-2 two and two in Mountain West Conference play. CSU just Average one and three in league play, three and five overall. They lost to the Air Force last time out. Cowboys favored by six points in the game. Six p.m. kick from War Memorial Stadium tonight. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB in Laramie. If you're going to the game, have fun because the first beer that you can crack officially in the parking lots is noon. Oh, really? That's when the open container thing starts. Okay, uh, where did that bronze boot come from? There's a long. It's a Vietnam vet from CSU. Uh, oh. They've had they, they've had that boot, I think, continually for like fifty five, fifty six years. Wow. Yeah. Um, there, there's a long story with. Okay. That, I'm gonna have to look that up because yeah. that's kind of interesting. It's but, very very important to both schools. Yeah. But our Cowboys have this. Yes, I think we they do. It. Watch them when they run over to the table where the where the bronze, bronze boot is, and it's full of Cowboy jerseys, and it's like a mad rush to the table. Okay. Mad rush. Okay. Thank you, Frank. Do it again Monday, coming up on some local business that we have to take care of in news time. Let's wake up, Wyoming.